Forgotten Flicks, episode 110. Remo Williams, The Adventure, begins 1985. You are deaf. I have been stomping around here for 10 minutes while you talk nonsense with this woman. Pleasure to meet you, too. Even worse, you and the woman gorge yourself on sweets. Excuse me, but I do have a name. Women should stay home and make babies. Preferably man-child. I see you both went to the same charm school. Oh, he always talks like that. He's Korean. Oh, I see. And that explains why he lives in a forest. No, actually, he's here for a special purpose. To kill me. Not so. I am here to see that you do not bring shame to the house of Shinanju. And if I do, then you kill me. That I would do reluctantly because you have been a good pupil for a white man. Hello and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks podcast, the podcast that's keeping the memory of the movies you love and grew up with alive, especially, especially those that instilled that little fire of racism and (laughs) sexism in in each and every, we keep the fire burning folks, whether you like it or not, whether they should be alive or not. My Uh, my favorite part is how that in that intro, I'm pretty, they almost hit on every possible offensive uh, yes. stereotype, but we'll, we'll get into that. So yes, I am Joel, in case you're new around these parts. I'm the bald one. And Jason, mi compadre, mi amigo, mi hostess with the mostest, he's the hairy one. Wait, you're a bald one? I, yeah, I wish. No, I'm a bald <laughs> one. Oh, except for Steven. He's he's a little little lame. And Daniel wasn't particularly, and, and Adam really was kind of like Alec Light. I pretty much would want to be Alec, except for the whole ranting and, and you know, really bad <laughs> stuff that he's done with his kid. Bad on parenting. The, nev- yeah. uh, never mind. Nope. Don't want to be a bald one. No. <laughs> nope. So good evening, my friend. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we're covering a special one tonight. This oh, is, this uh, is special in the way special. In, this is special in the way you take uh, a short bus, let's just say, hypothetically. Wait, the way a saltwater enema special ooh, ooh ooh an alcohol enema oh applied via a razor blade studded <laughs> all right not yes, that bad not that bad okay bad. okay no, what is it um but it is a special because we've talked about it for a while we've had a a couple of requests for it more than a couple of requests for it over the years um, and we've tossed it around many times because it is square in the middle of the movies we cover, 1985, uh, uh, Fred Ward. Well, and as, you, as you would argue, the best year of movies ever. The best year of movies ever. Yes, because this movie proves your point. This does. <laughs> minus 2015. But yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yes. So this is uh, this is one that we've talked about. I think it's, it's perfectly in our genre. But um, yeah. Yet, so. yet not. So, yeah. Remo, Remo Williams, if if I'm not mistaken, I just want to high level hit this and then we'll dip into the trailer. Yep. I don't know if you did any research. 
very little. I, I can't imagine why you weren't more, more motivated. <laughs> I did. I was aware that it was based on a series of novels. Yes, the destroyer. The destroyer. Right? Yes, the destroyer series of novels. Have and, you read any? Uh, actually, no. And in, in fact, I went to the library after watching this because it's the kind of make movie that makes you want to go read. And <laughs> <laughs> while there, I did try to procure because I'm far too cheap to actually you know buy used copies online a, a copy or two of the series and did not find them. Now, not to say that. They're impossible to get, but I mm-hmm. couldn't find them where I was. So I, I was going to dig a little deeper. It, since it's a series and I really don't want to screw up the continuity and the story arc of everything that I'm sure that happens, I really like to start at the beginning because I, yeah. I can't imagine that it would be easy to follow <laughs> if you jumped in at, say, big book you know, 68 or something. So Like James Bond, really. It's like if you don't start at the beginning, <laughs> you miss... You don't get any of it. You don't get any of it. It's like... Well, wait a minute. What? When did the shake and stir thing happen? Is that like from book three? Book? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so did you read anything about the um, about the books? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> I pulled up the description, like the cover description mm-hmm. of the beginning, because I thought, okay, I'm I'm curious if this series is the tongue in cheek kind of comedy like the movie was trying to be. I love how you had it trying. <laughs> Go Sorry. ahead. Keep going. No, keep going. <laughs> um, so did you read the description? It, so I, I, read the, it, I read the Wikipedia page. No, uh, which, this is the actually from the, the okay. novel, Okay, uh, which for sale on Amazon, you can find it. The first book is called Created the Destroyer. Okay. Right. Not a bad so title. I like it. I dig it. Yep. So I, wanna, I wanted to read this before we got into the trailer and the movie and everything. All mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it starts with cure for a sick world with a question mark convicted and condemned to death for a crime. He didn't commit mm. Remo Williams has been resurrected and reprogrammed not as a normal functioning human being, but as a cold calculated death machine mm. created to destroy in order to preserve Remo Williams has become the destroyer, a super a super efficient killing instrument Mm. that doesn't exist employed by cure the agency that doesn't exist. Remo's trainer as an ancient Korean named Chun. Chun, they call him kind of Chun, Chun, anyway, (laughs) whose mastery of the terrifyingly powerful martial art of Shinanju makes him the deadliest man alive Mm. together. They must accomplish the impossible and vanquish the enemies of democracy. That that actually sounds, sounds like ex- a book I want to read. It, it, it sounds exactly like this movie. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the movie I saw. Actually, yes, it sounds exactly like a book I'd want to read. In fact, a 1980s movie I would have loved to have seen had it existed. Oh, wait, it's called Death Wish. Kind, kind of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. So yeah. needless to say, we'll get into all that. But how about... Uh, my, would you like that to in mind. Into- yes. Actually, you know what? You don't even need to do the synopsis now. You've kind of done it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the trail, and then you can do the uh, one, the synopsis for the other thing that we saw that just happens to somehow because the, the main, name. yeah, the, the character with the same name, but has none of the traits of what you just described. You've never heard of him. Who are you? Only the president and three others know he exists. Stop! We've got a problem, George. Some joker walks into one of my plants, and now you're telling me he doesn't exist. The only weapons he needs are his mind and his body. 
Who are you? Now, there's a new name in high adventure. Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Rated PG-13. Opens Friday, October 11th with theaters everywhere. And how much do you love me for getting the 30-second 80s TV yeah. spot? The, the TV I, spot. As I was pro- going to say, it's playing during an ABC special. Yes, yes, as opposed to the two-and-a-half-minute long, however long it was trailer. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that that trailer even sounded very much like the synopsis you gave. Uh, you ready for my synopsis of the movie? Sure. Does it does it involve snoring? <laughs> this is the story of Remo Williams, a jackass cop who really doesn't care about his job, but then tries to break up a fight, which turns out to be a setup, and then he's killed, <laughs> sort of. Then At the end. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets recruited by two guys who tell him they are from a secret suit, a secret government agency, but have no proof, no equipment, no office. It's some sad guy played by Wilford Brimley in an office with a gigantic computer, which for the eighties, I'll forgive. Cause you know, it's time being, it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it fit. Did, 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 he, did he go? And, and I got diabetes. <laughs> Is that no. Okay. Like your oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these I'm going to kill Wait. you all because <laughs> if I don't kill you all, it's going to get out to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I love that it's a government agency that's apparently got this huge data center. It's basically at the internet in 1985, yet there's, right. it's run by one Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> Wilford Brimley on it. Um, and so he he's recruited by them to become an assassin. And the way they start training him is to have Master Chun uh train him in the art of shinanju and that's the big chunk of the movie is him being trained and then at the end he has to go foil this plot uh it's sort of a slapsticky comedy action uh i don't even know what to call it action adventure (laughs) right yeah um but yeah it is not as the novel purports to be a pure action thriller no if you if you follow how the the novel goes and i i'd like to read the novel Mm -hmm. yeah and uh the description sounds good it sounds serious and it seems to me like it's more of a uh um mission impossible style of with more violence yes like it is more serious he is a secret agent who was trained to become you know this this assassin uh and it, so it sounds like a great action movie they made it into kind of this tongue-in-cheek funny him and the the his his master you know with these weird quirks which i can see how in a serious movie those would come across as ironic yeah so anyway that's it's a contrast that is quite stark we- it really is it really is and and i would agree with you by the way excellent synopsis that may be one of your best ever and i'm not just saying that that actually (laughs) made me laugh out loud that was fantastic (laughs) so i I will say though speaking of master chun i i think it's important to understand that this movie really teaches us a lot and the vast majority of it it's true it comes from him it does in fact in fact I think great it's, wisdom. I think I think it is. I think it is. It's great wisdom from Master Chun.
when you approach middle age, there is a tendency towards bruising my son. <laughs> and that noise at the end was him laughing. And in case you don't get that, you have no sense of humor. Yes, you don't. You don't. You, don't. you have no sense of humor. Yeah, so, did you know that middle age leads to. You tend to bruise you tend, easier. You, you tend to bruise easier. Mm. According to Master yeah. Chun. According to Master Chun, mm-hmm. who's played by uh, Joel Gray. Great name. Yep. Uh, from is, Cleveland, is, he re- Ohio. is he related to Macy? <laughs> uh, no. Goodbye, Nacho. I love her. It's a good song. I'm just busting. <laughs> it is. Uh, but he is by no means Korean. Uh, about as what? far away from Whoa, 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 whoa. You can wait, 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 wait. More wisdom from Master Chen. <laughs> the Korean is the most perfect creature ever to sanctify the earth with the imprint of his how how could he have said that if it wasn't true? Because what didn't that come right after Remo said something about him being well, Chinese mean, or like a Chinese fortune cookie? always talk like a Chinese fortune cookie. <laughs> oh, this movie's such an equal opportunity offender. It's great. <laughs> Is it bad that the only parts I laughed at were all the horrifically racist things and lines like <laughs> and lines like this? You move like a pregnant yak. <laughs> Or one of my personal favorites. He moved like a baboon with two crub feet. I, crub, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It's an accent. I'm sure he spent at least two, three hours studying that. But the accent. And the makeup was. What's that? I said the accent kind of went all over the world because in that bit that you played in the very beginning. Yes. That said, you are deaf. You didn't hear me stomping around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah suddenly he's getting... to a German accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear me stomping around? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be great if you like, had some Yiddish thrown in there. Now, now, did you read the story of Joel Gray taking this part? I want to say I did not read it recently. I remember there was something to it. I just, yeah. I couldn't recognize, because I, obviously they, they did make up, obviously. And yeah, they... They asked him, apparently, if, if uh, the rumors are be t- to be confirmed, they asked him many times, at least three times, to play the role, and he turned him down. And finally, uh, the makeup artist, um, which whose name escapes me. Uh, hold on. I'm, I'm, supposed be, artist, I'm supposed to be the practical effects. Uh, well, hold on. Uh, sycophant, and yet I don't even know that, so I don't feel Carl bad. Fullerton. Um. He, he made him a deal. He said if he can make him look like an old Korean man, uh, w- he would play the part. And he agreed to it, and he did it, and he thought that he looked so good that he agreed to it. Now, let's be clear in this. He was actually – Carl Fullerton was actually nominated for an Academy Award in 1986 for Best Makeup for his work on this movie. That's I knew that there there's something about this movie. Yeah. That did not match up at all, and that was the Academy Awards. Yep. And that was now, it, yeah. Other than, and help me with this if you can, other than Joel Gray, mm-hmm. I didn't really see any other makeup in this. Now, his was pretty good, because you looked at him a lot thinking... No, you did. He looked like an old, you know, Korean. I mean... Yeah. Um, and, he, and he had some mannerisms similar. His accent was I, worth I know, but, I know. 
Wilford Brimley's mustache. They had extensions <laughs> on that thing. There were moments where that man was talking and his lips weren't moving. <laughs> or were they? His mustache went got, down to his I, neck. It's about the diabetes. <laughs> diabetes is not fun. It's in my family as well. I'm not making fun of it. I'm making fun of the way he says it. Just so we're clear. You know what? Disclaimer. I used, I, I used to laugh at him so much. And then when I saw the thing, uh, I, I he's just a badass. So oh, I yeah, he really. Yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't the thing. Yeah, we get, which is not my pick. Yeah. I could have gone he, there. Almost did. I was tempted. I was like, do I, do I, do I? God, I I've used it like eight I'm times. Like, That's an easy one. I've used it like eight times. You've used it like 16 times between the two of us. We've covered it. Yeah. We both love it. We probably should cover it again. We probably should. So when um, does that happen? Do we have to do this like seven, eight years and then we'll like recycle movies? Like, you know, we haven't seen that in like seven or eight years when we first started the podcast. <laughs> 10 years. 10 years. Okay. So once we've done it for 10 years, we'll repeat. Wow. Aren't you, look what you guys had to look forward to. No, because in 10 years, then we'll be covering 90s movies. Oh, we already cover 90s movies occasionally. I mean, like all the way up to 99, 2000. Oh, wow. So Blair, for- Blair Witch Project would be a forgotten flick. Uh, in 10 years. Oh, no. You know what would be? Let's see. Uh, oh, The Pest starring John Leguizamo. Um, listen. Beautician and the Beast. Consider this. Consider this. One of your kids in 10 years we be a damn near adult. Consider this. You'll easily <laughs> by then be a grandfather. Right. So I, b- I years, better not be Blair Witch, <laughs> the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, probably will be forgotten by them or that generation. They're close to. Is that so. really a horrible thing, though? Really? <laughs> no. no. <it> okay. <laughs> anyway. That movie scared the crap out of me when it first came of out. Of course it did. JJ. <laughs> I wish I'd been there to hold you. The only part <laughs> of that movie that was creepy was the ending. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. So, I camped a lot. That's what scared me. <laughs> oh, I figured you had like, you know, like nose, like no nose showers that would come out when you're, I'm so sorry, holding a camera <laughs> under your nostrils as they spew mucus. Uh, so <laughs> let's get back to Remo. Oh, I got oh Remo. That's right. That's the movie we're doing tonight. Oh, wait a so minute. Wait a minute. Doing... Wait a minute, Jay. One yeah. more. What, I'm getting more wisdom from Master Chun. In Korea, door handles do not break. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, especially in North Korea. Yes. No. <laughs> no, they do break there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's no. It's they don't not, have do- they don't have door handles. Though. They don't have door handles. <laughs> Doors. You, know. you have to have like cars and cars, houses. Are- yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, do you think we just lost like our North Korean listener? It's it's probably like Kim Jong Un. So I would like to point out that between this podcast and and the other ones I produce, they've all been downloaded in virtually every country except even even like Iran. Okay, like all over the world. Yeah, North Korea, not a one. Weird, huh? <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite get that, huh? I don't know if the the internet's as big there. Really? No. You don't, you don't think so? Hmm. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> South Korea? Tons. North Korea? Not so much. <laughs> yeah, the Russian. We, we we blow Russia away. We've got like the huge Russian contingency. Whoa, whoa, but... whoa. Reshape that. We're an 80s podcast. <laughs> too soon, my friend. I didn't too... see the Soviet Union. Well, no, you We're said you, you said Russia, we blow Be them. Nice. You said we blow them away. I was... Get it? 
This is not 1980. Mutually assured destruction. Anyway, continue. <laughs> this is not Rocky Four. <laughs> this wasn't even the Destroyer. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think one of the things this is I, I mentioned this to you before when when we brought up doing this movie. I have. I no love how you're saying we. Yes, we brought. Shut up. We brought up this movie. I, 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 have, I have taken plenty of responsibility for the crap that I have loaded on your plate, my friend. <laughs> Did I, was this just me? Yeah, this is pretty much it. All right. I think okay. uh, to be in your defense, I think I went, yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. But I, I don't remember this movie other than uh, it's it, exactly it's, like Buckaroo Bonds. <laughs> other than it starred Fred Ward. I knew that. And uh, I, for some reason, anytime I thought of this movie, I thought of like Buckaroo Bonsai. And um, the other one that always I get confused with is uh, uh, Lyle Swan. uh the one where oh, he's the time writer guy. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yes, Fred, yes. that's Fred Ward as well. So Yes, that's Fred Ward as well. But for some reason, I was thinking this was similar to like a Buckaroo Banzai in that it had that action, but it was kind of funny and quirky. And so I was like, yeah, let's do that. It's 1985 and Fred Ward and Wilford Brimley. And I, I don't remember any of this movie. And the chick. and the chick, I've seen it. And the chick from Throw Mama from the Train and the Star Trek show. Whose uh, name? Kate I know. Paul Groot. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Kate. I knew it was Kate. I just couldn't remember her last name. Yeah, who is most known probably uh, from Star Trek Voyager, but uh, most known from our podcast yeah, listeners. From that's Pro right. Obama Train. You two know who you are. <laughs> who the hell are you all of a sudden? Yes. Ho hold on. I got you, bro. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yes. You are, and God, we still miss one you. of my favorite movies we've covered. Yeah, I've got really. to tell you because I laughed more in that episode. Than <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss you, Anne Ramsey. Memories. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but you know, there's not a lot of famous people beyond those three. I mean, you've got Fred Ward, you've got Wilford Brimley, Joel Gray. We mentioned who who uh, done some older stuff and and some. Um, he a lot was of TV. In, a lot of TV. A lot of TV. He was in Cabaret with Liza Minnelli. Um, and then you've got um, J.A. Preston, who played the other of the two people who were in this super secret Yeah, yeah the, the, two, the, the two guys. Yeah, uh, uh, whose name was Khan. And he, gotta, he played, I, let me just ask you a quick question, because I want to ask you, A, where I've seen that guy before, because he looked very familiar to me, but I couldn't place him, and I'm, again, apparently too lazy to look him up. <laughs> and And after that, the other thing was, it's almost when, say, a student film or a really like super micro tiny budget movie, and this is not to knock these, by the way, but there's a there's a definite phenomenon that happens in those movies when they try to go big, kind of go big or go home. Yeah. And they'll do something where they'll have something similar where they want to do a, a spy movie or an action thriller and they'll have the secret government organization. And in fact, it will all, it'll be like two guys, one of them in like a, a basement type facility with the suggestion of some large data center. And and yet you're so you get the sense of scale, or at least you're supposed to. But you never really do because it's two guys like you don't ever have any other henchmen. You don't have any soldiers. You don't have any backup crew assistance. Nothing. But typically, typically when they try and pull that off, the way that they make that believable is that they have that small group of people make some kind of a gesture that shows that they do wield the power of being a super secret black ops uh, organization. You know, they. 
they're able to make something happen or uh, uh, wipe somebody's bank account. You, you know what I mean? Something, yeah. Most of the movies These that guys, I'm the most of the movies I'm thinking about though, that's exactly the problem is you never quite get that. Yeah, if it yeah. doesn't work, yeah. and and this didn't like I I seriously I I don't remember the movie, and as I'm watching it, as he meets them, I'm thinking, I bet they turn out that they're not really from the government because that they don't really look like they're from the government and they act like they're just a couple of crazy people and like they never make calls they never get like they don't have a red phone on the table from the president yeah, like, they if they, like if they got a call and they said oh you don't believe us well first, right. first let Something me let me simple. let me tell you about the diabetes and here you can talk to the president <laughs> right so just some little gesture but they never did and i kept getting the feeling like oh they're duping him they're duping him. They're going to get him to kill somebody, but it's not really the government. They're punking him. They're punking him. This is, this is a big joke. <laughs> right. They, made, they changed his face, and apparently he thought his wang, because remember he looked down, <laughs> just your face, Remo. Yeah, what was that about? It's like, we've changed a few things. The first thing he does, he looks under the sheets. Yeah, like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. Oh. Oh, son of a bitch. Damn it, guys. <laughs> you shrank my nose. I figured you had to put it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and is it just me? He didn't look that different. He looked like, exactly it's just, like, the same. His mustache. I, it was literally like they took the bridge of his nose in three centimeters, and it's and like Eureka! It's a different guy because <laughs> he looked at Mary's like, "Who am I?" Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I do not recognize you. Let me check my penis. Who? <laughs> still the same guy. <laughs> and that's we put a lot of time and thought into your into, into your uh, new identity. Is he's reading the bottom of a bedpan, and the name Remo Williams was on the bottom of a bedpan. <laughs> I would be very disappointed to find out that's in the book. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, I'd like to point out. Apparently, in the books, as you said, he's it's very La Femme Nikita. Or for, for those Americans yes. that don't believe in seeing uh, them, the are French films. Good one. Yeah, in the point of no return, where she's cute, you know, which actually in that case, she was involved in a big crime that happens. They fake her yeah. death. She has a death penalty. And then they recruit her into this organization, which, by the way, it feels like an actual, honest to goodness, secret organization. Right, right. So it's the same idea. And this came in the book series of this came out way before. This is like, I think they said the original book was written in the 60s and then it came out, was like published in the early 70s. So this series has been around for a long time. So I'm just confused as to why they thought the way they did it in this movie was somehow better. It was it was a weird way to spin it. It was a weird way to kind of retell it. But yeah, like they uh, set him up to fake his death. But in the process, they could have killed him. I I just didn't get any of the the, the rationale of how that played out. that's why I thought they were setting him up like he they were they were not a government agency because it's actually the con guy who kills him. Like he's the one that pushes him into the yeah. mm-hmm. uh, into the ocean. Yes. And I'm like, oh, he's he's killing him. And then uh, I thought it was all that he they were going to pretend like it was an accident or pretend like he died in the line of duty. And then they saved him and they were just building him up for a fall. But, you know, that, that felt a little odd. And, and so that's something I wanted to bring up. I think that what they were trying to do in the making of this movie, specifically in the making of this movie, was to make kind of an action comedy, right? Mm -hmm. Because you've got the whole interplay between uh, 
uh, Chun and and Remo and their training and him kind of being the funny American straight guy. And then you've got this uh, this this master of martial arts that's doing these quirky things. But there were points in the movie where they dipped back into that really dark and it and it felt so disjointed. And so one of those moments was when it's when Remo first bumps into uh, Captain Janeway, Kate mm-hmm. Mulgrew. <laughs> just call her Captain Janeway. For I'm the just going to call her Captain Janeway the whole way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he bumps into her on the street and one of the bad guys is there and he's got the lapel pin. He's taking photographs through his lapel pin. Very high spy there because the button he's pushing looks like it's a 1985 tape recorder. So it's like <laughs> it giant click, yeah. click. Um, but he's taking pictures and they are starting to try and figure out the bad guys are who this secret organization is. And that's when Remo is in the office with his two handlers. Um, and he says, well, what happens if they find out who we are? And Wilford Brimley gets really dark and he's like, I keep this pill. And he says, um, a lowly supervisor of, of accounts is going to die, uh, of a heart attack and such and such. And I've kept this pill in my pocket just for an occasion. And, you know, he's got an intense look to him. Mm -hmm. And then J.A. Preston, the, the, uh, con guy, uh, the actor plays con. He's like, and, uh, Haberdashery salesman will die in his changing room, blowing his head off. Haberdashery? What the hell? (laughs) Yeah, because there are really haberdasheries anymore. Haberdashery salesman. Uh. (laughs) See? You're going to buy a bola, see? Yeah, see? Come on, come on, see? (laughs) (laughs) He'll suffer from an accident, see? (laughs) So so they both get this very serious, like... (laughs) They're going to commit. Let's just say, Jason, suicide. Shit gets real. That's what happens. Yeah. But it feels so weird. It just it was so out of tone with the rest of the movie. I'm like, now I will. uh, I will say this. I will say this. I agree. That's not funny. (laughs) You know, it really was. It's like it's like everything. That's not that's not funny. Oh, yes. It kind of sucked the air out of the room. (laughs) That's what it is. There's several scenes like that where you're like, okay, okay. uh, What? 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 Oh, what? Jesus. Why? Far. Why? <laughs> say, say the two guys who just did the episode War of the Roses. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. But that's at least a black comedy. Yeah. From beginning to end. Yeah. That would yeah, be almost like, that'd be, yeah, that would be almost like in War of the Roses if there's just these moments of like they get all really lovey dovey and things. And then all of a sudden, you know, they just bring out a knife and just hold it up to each other's throats. Just enough to do a little bit of line of blood comes out and they just back away, just glaring <laughs> at each other. Like what the hell did what just happened? Uh, yeah. Were they just kissing? I am confused. So the other thing I, I did want to say something positive, because that's what we do on this show. Yeah. We I got positive. Positive, snark, <laughs> snark, snark, positive. It's a snark sandwich. Positive snark. <laughs> it's a part it's a snark club Eight sandwich. Part snark, <laughs> at least three to four parts positive to take away some of the bitterness. So Pete Snarf, he was the guy in Thundercats, right? Yeah, Snarf. So <laughs> I never really watched with Thundercats. Got to be honest with you, I'm one of those '80s kids. I never watched Thundercats. Oh, everybody else around me did, but for some reason, I didn't do it. That was like a that was like a staple when I came home he, from school. He Man, Vol- yes, Voltron, yeah. yes, Transformers, yes, GI Joe, yes. Never Thundercats. Weird, huh? More than more than G- uh, more than uh, He Man. I was more of a Thundar the Barbarian Saturday mornings. 
Mm, I never really watched Thunder of the, Bab- the, the Baboon. Oh, Barbarian, I mean. Never watched that. <laughs> oh, he's the guy with the sun sword. and I vaguely rem- I remember that. The mock. I remember that. But I, they, I, they lived in like a dystopian future. Yeah, that- Saturday morning cartoons, I was like a Pac-Man cartoon. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Dun- was it, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was on cartoon, right? Wasn't that the cartoon? Oh, that was one of my favorites. Yeah, where the kids got like taken to the other world. Muppet, oh, Muppet Babies. The- Did you watch Muppet Babies? You oh, can yeah, t- Muppet- By the way, folks, this is how you know we loved a movie because we completely go on as far <laughs> a tangent as no, we wait. Pos- What? <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. Best is the whole thing was set. They were trying to get home. Mm-hmm. The best episode. I remember there was one time when they all found a portal that actually got them back into their world through like a water fountain, like a big fountain. Mm-hmm. But one of them, I forget which one, I think it was the little kid, had been turned into like this frog man. And they all came up in the real world and they're like, uh, but we can't go back with, I don't know who it was, I don't remember his name, Joey looking like this. Uh, we have to go back. And I remember as a kid like, no, you're right there. <laughs> Screw that kid. He could be like I've the human frogger. I've been watching this for years. <laughs> <laughs> He's not to escape. <laughs> oh, close. Yes, yeah, oh. so, so those are some good. And, and the reason why I bring those up really has nothing to do with the movie, except to say this, the 80s. This movie, because it was 85, I, yeah. I liked that one, one set piece in particular was a cultural milestone. Because I, re, I remember being in elementary school. And them talking about this. I remember this being even parodied in a Mad Magazine, which was, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. Yep, yep. Statue of Liberty. Yes. Uh, getting its makeover. Ba- yes, that was a big deal. Scaffolding. Yep. That and Hands Across America. I remember those two being like a huge <laughs> damn that. deal. I remember oh, this being God. this big deal thing uh, that them talking about it at school and, oh, they're getting a... That was the time... When they were switching out her torch from an actual like stained glass lantern to the copper flame. Is that right? See, I always thought it had something to do more with underneath all that. She pretty much needed to change out of the thong because <laughs> after a hundred how many years, you know, it was dirty. let's just say when people would come in. It, it pretty much seemed like red tide every <laughs> because it's right there on the, on the ocean and dead Being fish. All serious, I was <laughs> dead fish. I thought, <laughs> what? What did you think? I, oh, Jason. Oh, I thought you meant New Jersey. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kevin Spencer <laughs> calling Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, no, no seriously. When they, yeah, I don't. They, honestly, God, I don't know. I just figured she was starting to rust or something, and they needed to. No, I think they had. They used to have a torch that actually lights. Like there was uh, her torch, same shape, but the the flame part of her torch used to be like this glass, uh, and there was a light inside of it. And they switched it out for a polished copper. So it's this. It shines. They had to do more than day. that because that was a hell of a lot of scaffolding. <laughs> Well, they did. I, I think they did do an actual complete makeover. I'm just saying at the same that time. That was like that was like the big. That was like the element, big thing, yeah. yeah. That I remember anyway. So, yeah. but so yeah, that was that was big. And other than that, I, watching it this time, I felt like it should have been earlier '80s. But I wasn't sure if that was just because it was New York City, uh, and it seemed like it was all those. 70s style cars you know the yeah but there's keep in mind that even though 85 we think of it as you know the 80s i think 
there's still holdovers from every decade before. You know, that's why the early 90s feels has a certain 80s vibe to it. And the early then, 80s has a late, you know, 70s. I mean, it, it does carry over. Plus, New York City was pretty much an asshole even at that point. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it hadn't come out of its uh, very dark, dirty phase of uh, um, escape from New York style. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. The yeah, Detroit Part Two kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. But, but it, no, there were some things I liked about this. First of all, let me say I like Fred Ward, and oh, I, I love Fred Ward. I, I, yeah, I think he's great. He's funny. He has a, a cool personality in, in the movies he's in. Um, I like him as kind of a serious character. Uh, and it was it was neat to see, you know, see him in this. I recognize something, though. Uh, he, he runs kind of bow-legged. <laughs> Does he? Because when they were up on several times and they were up like up on the building and uh, it just looked weird when he ran. Yeah, well, you know what? You know why? You know why? Because laugh if you will, it's from riding all them horses and all that, the, and all them hussies. So, you know, <laughs> which that brings up my next point. <laughs> oh, well, hold on, let me real quick say the Statue of Liberty because I don't want to completely divert from that. Because I just okay. want to because back to your dark thing. Yeah, did yeah. he kill those guys at the end? Oh, you know what just occurred to me? Spoiler alert! Because we never did that, and then I will add the spoiler alert in post production. I can't, but and how many we episodes? We haven't spoiled anything yet. We haven't. Spoiled well, anything. I just said he killed those guys and. But that wasn't like at the end. That was like yeah, the true. beginning. Well, I, I will. I, the, as far as we're concerned, it played. I just, yeah. I just edited it in. Huh? <laughs> so, yes. Did he kill the guys? I'm going to. Well, I think they went to great pains because the one guy he wrapped, they were up on the scaffolding mm -hmm. around the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And they're going down the like construction elevator. He jumps on it. At one point, he wraps the rope around the guy's neck. Yeah. I think he was, I think he killed him, but they went back afterwards and added in that image of the guy hanging by his foot. Yeah. Cause they showed him as he was dangling out like, Oh, I'm stuck in the rope. Oh, hanging by like his leg and his mm -hmm. chest. It was sort of like, like adding the dog in and wore the roses. Uh, yeah. The dog when yes. oh, you think it's been eaten, Yes. but yes. Oh, I know. Just kidding. There it is. One shot. Now my guess is in the book, it, he's in the book series. He's probably cause the way they describe it, he's, actual stone cold killer. Why would you think that? It's only called the destroyer. Right. Cuz in this, <laughs> I don't think he actually kills anybody. No, you're right, he doesn't. Not um, Well, this he slams a guy's neck in the cage. Yeah, but they make it kind of like it's a wrestling move. You know what I mean? Yeah, I the guess you're right. Felt yeah. like they he was he was knocking him out. Yeah, you're but right. But this whole movie, it it very much felt like it, there was no killing in it, which surprised me because it's PG-13. Why was it PG-13? I have no idea. That's what I was going to ask you. It's why there was nothing. And this is my 85 standards. They're PG 13s. I think they got away with a little bit more. Typically maybe, not as, not as actually, I would say boobage. Well, I think now they could maybe get away with more. It seems like PG 13s maybe can be a little more violent, but back then they could swear more and they could show more boobage. Yeah. There was yeah. nothing in this movie. No, there isn't. And Even the no language was relatively tame. I mean, it was barely PG. Right. And the, and even the violence was very tame. I mean, the uh, there weren't any many fight scenes at all. And the gunplay was was kind of childlike. So it wasn't like there was a lot of people that died bloodily or any of that. The only guy that died that I can recall is at one point when he's at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty mm -hmm. and the, the thugs are chasing him, or at least one of the thugs is chasing him. He does that. 
I, I don't know what to call it. The Peter Pan walk across uh, the, the concrete, the, the wet concrete there. Mm-hmm. It looks like he's just kind of running tiptoe across there. Well, that's something that Master Chun taught him earlier to walk by levitating, run by levitating. Well, then the thug runs behind him and he sinks into what apparently is a five foot or six foot deep well of concrete. (laughs) And all the construction workers just look at him like, oh, shit, he's dead. Yeah, uh, like, like none like, of them go to hell. Yeah, nobody could have just reached in there and pulled him. No, out. they didn't fish him out. Nothing. It's like well, and more, oh. and, and even if you go with the idea that he died there, wasn't there the guy shooting at Remo that uh, Master Chen catches? Doesn't he get killed? Well, they don't show him die. They kind of show him knocked out or laying down. Yeah, but I thought he kind of snapped his neck, or he could have. And and then at the, towards the end, the main thug with the diamond in his tooth. He's the one that says, this is for killing my buddy at the base of the, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so the only guy that dies, he only dies because he follows Remo through concrete. So it's not, he doesn't actually kill anybody that I remember. And so I was surprised at the PG-13. And, and speaking of dark, when that one guy puts the mask on, remember when Captain Janeway and Remo were in the room and the gas and all that? And that guy yep, looked very yep. familiar. Was he on X-Files? You know what I'm I talking about? Because I think he's bald now. I think his whole thing. Like his look now is bald. I'll look him up as we're doing our movie. And you know what? Um, Now that you mention it, I think that Rima might have killed him because he might have done the finger through the eyeball. That's what I was about to say. Speaking of dark, he like jams his finger into his eyeball. I think it's bloody. Maybe that's why it was PG 13. I bet you that was it. I bet you it was that one moment it was PG 13. That was the only, it was Patrick Kilpatrick, which is kind of an awesome name. Yeah, it's kind of an awesome name. Hey, hey, Patrick (laughs) Kilpatrick. I don't want to kill Patrick. (laughs) Patrick. <laughs> um, he was in Minority Report and Last Man Standing and Eraser, so he's an action kind of guy. Was he in X Files though? Uh, let me see. Blah 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 blah. Wow, he's been a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he was in. But he was in Babylon Five, Tour of Duty. Um, no, I don't see him as X Files anywhere. I've um, had him as an X Filesy kind of guy. No, but uh, he was in Three Ninjas. Knuckle up. Have Three you seen Ninjas, the Five He's, Knuckle Shuffle. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen any of the Three Ninjas movies? Thank the gods, no. Oh my God, your boys would love it. It's, it's sure three kids who are like it's a kid. They're kids here. It's kids movies. And totally like, realistic because they're like, like beating buddies. up adults. Yes, it's like buddies. It's it's oh that. oh like as in like air buddies. Yes, like the fifty different. What, one of my greatest shames in all of history. <laughs> I'm assuming the buddies movies are an, ex- an a continuation of air bud. Yes. I remember going to the theater with my wife because she likes dogs. I like dogs too. We have a beautiful <laughs> great Pyrenees love with all my heart, but I sat through that POS <laughs> oh, in a movie. Uh, I paid ticket prices for <laughs> air bud. <laughs> the, oh. the only redeeming quality of three ninjas is that it also has Victor Wong who was in uh, oh, Big yeah. Trouble in yep. China. Yep. Uh, he plays kind of the master of the three kids, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty bad one. But <laughs> oh. anyway, uh, my point is, I think that was the only like actual murder is when he killed Patrick Kilpatrick in that scene uh, towards the end. But that, the rest of that or made yeah. him need glasses. Yeah, or he becomes like one eye in the next movie. Patrick you know? Kilpatrick was on burn notice. Maybe that's why I know him. Oh, Okay. 
So can I, can I talk about orgasms now? Oh, I was really waiting for that. <laughs> can I please talk about? I mean, when, when is orgasms? it an episode where we don't talk about <laughs> the, fe- the female? <laughs> so there's this awkward moment. And when you said that singular, I'm sorry. One of the awkward moments <laughs> is when uh, Chun is is trying to talk to Remo about, you know, continuing with his 36 different lessons of how to continue on because they make it out like he because at one point he trains for a month. Right. They make that clear. They say he's lived with Remo has lived with Chun for a month. And he goes through all these weird exercises, does this kind of, uh, you know, uh, eats rice and what looks like, I don't know, seaweed. Um, and he, he does these odd things to, to kind of become this master. And that's when Khan, one of the two spy guys, says, oh, are, you know, is he, how's he doing? He's doing great. Oh, how much longer? Not long now. How long? Fifteen years. Oh, if I cut corners, I could be 14 and a half years. Yeah. You so know? in a month, he's got this guy literally running on water like Jesus Yet, so what's he going to be able to do in 15 years? Right. So, so he's trying to, they're in the apartment, this loft, and he's trying to talk to Remo and he goes, gets on this, like the lesson number 22 is, is ways to make a woman orgasm. And it was like 22 ways to make a woman orgasm or something like that. The 22 steps for lovemaking. And Remo's like, Oh, Really? T- tell me, tell me. And he's like, okay, step number one, you have to tap her pulse like this. So Remo's doing it, right? And that's when he's, he says, um, oh, now we go watch TV. And then they kind of leave it at that. And he says, well, you're to tell me more. And he says, well, when you get to, to, to level 22. And they kind of leave it at that. And that's when Chun, well, at one point Chun says uh, of the 22 steps to women's ecstasy, he says, I rarely find it necessary to go past step seven. Remember okay, that? Yes, I do. In case it's full confession. Um, <laughs> Sleeping during that um, part. Um, it, it works. Uh, after, after this. <laughs> Although, no, wait, 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 even, wait. even more full disclosure. Um, I, I've only tried it on myself so far, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> That was that was awkward enough, and then later As opposed to, to my movie, comment just now. Though. No, no, your comment was not awkward. It was normal for the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but later in the movie, when there's only like one time when Chun and uh, Janeway are alone together. Yeah. <laughs> after he's ca- after he's a woman place at home making babies. Right? Yeah. Which is weird enough that she, that you know he makes some kind of really sexist comment, and then the next thing that happens, he <laughs> crashes down a hill. And she's like, are you all right? No, she would not be all, are you all right? She'd be like, I hope you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she better not be. She better not. Yeah. You know what I love, though, is by what happens, which you're where you're about to go with this whole thing. It almost reinforces him in general. Like, it's like, 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 you know, like, shut (laughs) up and sit down, woman. Right. So she's going kind of crazy when they're alone of like, shouldn't we go do this? Shouldn't we go help him? And he's like, no. And he grabs her by the wrist and he taps her pulse like he taught remote. And she goes, that's the PG-13 right there, buddy. That and the eye gouging. Orgasms. 
and kind of sits down and passes out. So yeah. So let's get this straight, shall we? That was so awkward. <laughs> so we so we set this up. This 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 Korean gentleman. I don't even know where to go with this. And <laughs> so we we just it's like you know, here's the problem. If on one hand you want to do like where he's making the sexist jokes, everything, it works funny if she doesn't as a character help reinforce right certain right. sexual stereotypes. Like for instance, be hysterical about what's going on or uh, him just tap her wrist and have her orgasm and then just kind of go to go to sleep. You know, whatever. Even the, moment, the moment that Remo and her uh, were together and they kind of get close and he's going to start to kiss her when he doesn't know her reminded me of the Beastmaster moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of that, oh, I'm a, a vulnerable woman. Help me. And And at the very end, when the army comes, Spoiler, the the full army comes and they're sitting at the end of this dock and you hear the loudspeaker of one of the uh, personnel carriers, like one of the Hummers or one of the Jeeps or something. And they're like, be careful, men. Don't shoot Major. Uh, what was her name? Fleming. Janeway. Yeah, don't shoot Captain Janeway. She's a woman and she's one of us. So they start with don't shoot her. She's a woman. Oh, and she's also one of us. <laughs> be careful. She might be pregnant. Right. <laughs> we don't want to harm her. She is a delicate flower <laughs> on the battlefield. Uh, a major, no less. So we're not. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie was fun. Oh, by the Didn't way, Patrick fell asleep. <laughs> oh yeah, full disclosure. I I woke back up. I for the I, I okay. It was one of those like where you kind of does it, and then you catch yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to. Let's just jump right to it. Oh, but before I do, Patrick, oh, Patrick, ready for it? One episode of the X Files. Did he really? One in two thousand one. He played Randall Cooper. Wow. Either you're really good, or that's just coincidental. <laughs> it's probably wildly coincidental. He just had this this look about him that just screamed x-files to me so okay anywho he was also in the stand tv movie Ooh. another reason why i remember him that's a good one yes so oh and and for our our british listeners uk uk <laughs> folks where where this word means something totally different he was in free willy three the rescue uh, which which free willy three the rescue for our friends in the uk is in fact about a man whose penis is trapped in his zipper <laughs> and he needs help to get it out. <laughs> and he was in Beastmaster 3, The Eye of Braxiasis, or whatever it's called. Oh, blah. So. Yeah, that's classic. That's classic. It's good. So, yeah, this movie. Now, now you said, have you seen this before? Yes, but I seem to recall falling asleep every time I saw it. <laughs> and my so only memory... My... You have the same experience I did. I think I've seen it. Yeah. It's like, I, I, know, I know, I know I've seen huge chunks of this movie, but I've literally, it's like lost time or alien abduction. Like I pretty much remember elements of it. And every time I, I, I remember it, my ass hurts. So it's very <laughs> much like that alien thing. And the only thing I ever remember from it though, is that, is it, it's like, I always want to say, yeah, Remo wins. Is it me? Or is that whole movie just about this dude being trained? Sure. Turns <laughs> yeah. out I was right because <laughs> that's pretty right. much what this movie is. This is like Actually, a prequel. It's like a really badly done 
origin story. So, so here's the weird twist to this. This felt to me like a highly failed spy movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like they did not pull off the idea that it was a spy movie. It didn't really. Well, feel I don't get the impression like that the, the destroyer is more like a mercenary assassin, isn't he? I mean, yeah, he, but he is a fully funded by the government, which yeah. is a spy. You know, this was directed by Guy Hamilton. Yeah. Who did Man with the Golden Gun, Live and Let Die, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. He did a, a ton yeah, like of James, James Bond, Bond movie. yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, and then he did Remo Williams. <laughs> and oddly enough, <laughs> second to last movie he did. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, didn't, didn't quite go. That, so that felt weird. And uh, just a point of contention or a point of uh, uh, fact here. This is the third Fred Ward movie we've done. Can you name the other two? Uh, Secret Admirer and Tremors. Yes. Ah, yeah. I was hoping to trip you up with Secret Admirer, but no, come on now. <laughs> so it has Kelly Preston and Lori Laughlin. Anyway, uh, yeah, <sighs> that'll be our new thing. We're just <sighs> oh wait, so wait, I... wait, 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 Jason, Jason. Oh no. Oh wait, this is this just in. I think I think this may in fact be the final, <laughs> the final <laughs> message of wisdom from Master. Chin. Professional assassination. It's the highest form of public service. <laughs> it's true. I needed one of those. I needed the the more you know music. Right. <laughs> I should add that in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh. He even had a dark moment. He had that moment where. Remo comes back to the apartment and doesn't say anything, and he packs his stuff and he's walking yeah, out the door. When he found when he found out from Master Brimley that right. his death would come, quote I quote here, your yes, slant-eyed friend. <laughs> right, considering that Master Chin re- referred to uh, Wilford, Wilford Brimley's character of Harold Smith as Emperor Smith. Yeah, what was that? And Emperor Smith refers to Master Chun as your slant-eyed friend. <laughs> so not an equality of respect going. <laughs> really? You don't think so? Huh. I didn't get that. Slightly yeah, off. Yeah, so, so so Chen's dark moment is that Remo's come back yeah, after, after hearing that Chin would up, be killing him, yes. And and yeah, and and so he says, You have a question. He said, the answer is yes, I would kill you, because that's what the contract says. But none of the movie felt like it could be that sincere. Yeah. And so that moment didn't feel like, oh my God, he would kill him. It just felt like, wait, wait, is there a joke coming? I was waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he would say, especially if you do not get your lessons right, or, you know. If you, <laughs> right. if you do not eat your rice, I will yeah. kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no wacky shenanigans. <laughs> no. I was no. waiting, you know, it reminded me of in Arrested Development, whenever someone's sad and they play the Charlie Brown music and they have their head lowered and they slump along like, <laughs> Like I was getting ready for Remo to do that up the stairs. <laughs> yes. So, yes, my dear, dear friend, would you oh. like to do movie picks? Uh, yes. Uh, although probably before we do, Remo Williams, scale of one to five. Five, steal, uh. kill, maim to keep one, slamming it down on the counter. 30 minutes into this sucker. Don't even rewind it. Want your money back. Uh, 
I have a feeling you and I are going to be the exact same. <laughs> what, what did I give a gnome named Gnorm? Do you remember? Do oh, we have I, the think ratings gave, I think you gave, I think I don't, I actually, did we start it with that? I don't know. I, I was going to say, I don't no, know. No, I don't think, I don't think we had the ratings yet. Cause we did uh, October spooky flicks fest. I think it's when we randomly. Did, oh, right. Was that when I, we started? All right. There? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to say two. I was going to say it too as well. I knew it would be the same. I'm going to say two. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't so God awful that it, I felt offended and I would take it back, mm-hmm. but it, it just, it, it felt like it was a little disjointed. Didn't quite make me laugh mm-hmm. except for the racist, sexist. Uh, <laughs> yes. It basically, it basically the, the, the parts of it that <laughs> appealed to the lowest common denominator, prurient, just debased <laughs> interests of the watcher left like, the wrong reasons yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, koreans and and that that whole thing just made me more like you're sitting there going the you're like what, what what did he just say <laughs> right right yeah it's like wait i gotta pause this and, and, not, wait, and not even in that sanct- and not even that in that sanctimonious we're 30 years removed from you and we're so superior oh my no. god you guys are no it's literally like this had to be bad then like what, <laughs> right. what are you guys thinking <laughs> right yeah yeah so, uh, yeah, I'd say solid two. Uh, if I could give it a half, I'd give it a two and a half just because some of the stunts were fairly impressive because mm-hmm. there were some high wire stunts. Oh, yeah, those are good stuff, yeah. Uh, and and some of it was actually filmed on the real Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah, wow, that was what was cool while they were actually doing the, the facelift. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I agree, I agree. To me, that to me, plus the makeup and some of the other stuff that was done, uh, I, I'd give that some extra props, but just as watchability, you know. Yeah. As a... 13 year old kid or I don't know how was I when I 85 20 no 34 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh so just you know as a kid if I if I got this again yeah nah, nah. so. yeah no I, I think because I'm pretty sure even as a kid it was it was t- difficult for me to sit I remember this thinking as a child that this movie was way longer than it actually is yeah, like my two mem- hours and one minute I I would have thought this could have been a 90 minute Oh, easily you could have way scaled it back. Yeah, but I mean, as a kid, even the two hours just felt like an eternity. I mean, yeah, with a great montage in the middle, and uh, then just yeah. suck that whole yeah, hour yeah. Of training out. Yeah, pretty much could have <laughs> removed the whole training sequence <laughs> and just done a montage. Yep. Yes. And that's actually, you know what? That's the problem with this movie. This movie would have been way it doesn't. I don't think it had a single montage. Mm. It's a mid '80s movie that didn't have a single action movie that didn't have a single montage in it. That's no, the, that, that's... that is why it felt so incomplete. Yeah. But yeah, I think because of the Statue of Liberty and, and certain other elements and the stunts were pretty cool. And I yep. will say all racist stuff aside, the makeup on Joel Gray was very effective. And yep. so there were there were points. It was definitely not a take it back, demand your money back kind of movie. But it was. Yeah, you see it once. You're like, eh, yeah, OK. Yeah. yeah, I probably 10, 15 years. Ago, yeah. I remember, isn't the movie where it's like just a training sequence for like two hours. <laughs> that's how I'm going to remember this movie. And uh, and also, totally random. Really means nothing, but this is how my brain works, and I just notice this kind of crap. Did you catch that in the opening sequence? The opening sequence. Now, which by the way, the movie starts up. It's based on a, on a series called The Destroyer, and it's at like a team, you know, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Remington Steel music, you know, for starters. So that was just bizarre yeah. that the opening credits was that, but. When the camera is panning across between the radio and the background, what would eventually become three major 
depending on one's point of view for each of these, I would say stories that had a definite dark element to them and or horrific tragedies. One, the obvious one, the Twin Towers are in the background. Yes, because that was the shot of the main uh-huh. thug back bad guy, and they they played it. He was on Ellis Island or um, um, on the no, what's the island that the Statue of Liberty's on? It's Ellis Island. Ellis Island, is it? Isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, so. so. Why the hell was he stationed there? I don't know, but he was. They showed the Twin Towers, so that yeah. was one. Yeah, so that was the one, and that's what you know. You see that in a lot of movie, older movies, and you know, it's like you have that moment, you're like, oh yeah. wow, yeah, there they are. Well, the the other two are just random. The the he's listening to a sports radio, and it's like basketball game. The guy, oh, it's Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, he's mentioned. The Lakers beating the shit out of the Knicks. So of course, Magic Johnson would go on to contract HIV, yeah. and it became a big thing. And okay, yeah. so third, the guy doing the announcing is Marv Albert. Who is the announcer? Yeah, he's a guy with a really great hairpiece, allegedly. Who allegedly was accused of like biting and attacking some woman sexually, and just this weirdo story. And Uh, he likes S and M. Yeah, like like, really bizarre. Like it just got creepier and creepier. So all three of those in a literally in a shot together. It's like it was just that's weird that just all three of these elements would somehow I don't know why that hit me, but it just did. So see, the thing that hit me was I, I the the scene where uh, Master Chun and Remo go to the carnival mm-hmm. and Master Chun kind of shows off by throwing the rings onto every bottle perfectly. Yes. To get the little Pink Panther stuffed doll. Did you recognize who the carny was? No, the carny that tells them, "Come on, come on up for a dollar. You get three rings." Da, da, da. I recognize yeah. his voice, but I don't. I, I, I'm not visualizing who it was. It's William Hickey. Oh, from Christmas Vacation. I mean, he's he's the old guy from Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yeah the uncle. uncle. Um, oh, I've seen that movie so many times. There's no reason for me not. Is it Frank? No, Albert. Uncle Albert. I think you're right. Yeah, it's Albert. Um, something like that. And but anyway, it, well, and actually, was, I I could be wrong on this, but check it. The ambulance. That, it was Reginald Val Johnson. I knew it. I knew yes. I didn't I didn't bother looking it up. I'm like, was that was that Sergeant yeah. Al Powell? I was waiting for you to bring that up because yeah, at one point when Remo steals the ambulance from the hospital when he's running away, the ambulance driver's like, Hey, come back with my ambulance. That was Reginald Val Johnson. Yeah. Yep. Sergeant <laughs> Al Powell and the dad from Family Matters. Yes, it was. That's right. Very good. Good deal, my friend. All right, let's bust on out with the movie picks, shall we? <laughs> Please. Jason, you first, and don't make me tap your wrist. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm going to have to try that tonight. Okay, TMI. Oh, TMI. Um, so a funny thing happened on the way to picking out my pick tonight. Um, I, I looked to find something that uh, was a little different, and I started with, oh, let's go music, let's go this, let's go some of the actors. It kept leading me back to movies we've already Goddamn covered. <laughs> like, like this movie more than any, the more things I tried to look up, the more it kept leading me back to movies we've already done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang it. How, how did I keep doing? It? So finally, the one thing that, that really, uh, set apart this, cause I didn't want to do anything with, uh, uh, with, with Fred or any of the other main actors. Cause they're fairly big enough that we've covered at least one or more of their movies. Um, but the cinematographer, 
for this movie mm-hmm. was Andrew Laszlo. Oh, yeah. And I clicked on it. I, he has an amazing resume mm-hmm. of fantastic movies at, that we have covered some of, that you and I have talked about a lot, and there's some that are just favorites of mine. He's, he's also the cinematographer that did uh, Shogun, the miniseries. I've talked about mm-hmm. that before on the show. Um, he did uh, Fun House. He was director of photography for the Fun House okay. that we just covered for Spooky Flicks Fest. He did uh, First Blood. Okay. So the the one that I chose because I thought, hmm, Remo Williams was trying to be a comedy. I'll go with a comedy. <laughs> so I picked. <laughs> so I picked Inner Space. Cool. 1987, and we've talked about doing this one for a long time. Uh, and recently, I don't know why, but it just feels like the universe. Speaking to me, I've talked about Martin Short like four or five separate conversations. Uh, he's come up. You and I even mentioned him because we were talking about Canadian actors or Canadian celebrities. And Martin Short is in this. Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan, who we just talked about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one that as a kid, I have very fond memories of Martin Short's performance because he's the guy that Dennis Quaid gets shrunk down in this experiment and bad guys try and steal him and he gets accidentally injected into Martin Short's body as this microscopic uh, spaceship. It's almost like an, um, what was that that classic movie? Was it the Fantastic Voyage? Yeah, Fantastic Voyage, they get injected yeah. into a body, yep. Right, where they went inside the human body. It's sort of a comedic spin on that, um, where Dennis Quaid is inside Martin Short and all these things whoa, happen. Whoa, whoa. Oh, I thought yeah. it was. It's a, it's a different kind of movie, kids. bow. <laughs> I didn't say Richard Gere. Jesus. <laughs> no, I'd still rather see Dennis Quaid. Uh, and, and, and on the, on that note, you do of course know who directed it. Oh yeah, of course. Is it Joe Dante flake? I mean, we've talked about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that, a time. I'll, I'll edit out the pause. <laughs> edit out the pause, please. <laughs> I was going to point out. It also has Richard Picardo in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is probably it, yeah, almost like if you see Richard Picardo go, Oh, did Joe Dante direct this? I'm not saying yeah. he's not in other things cause he is, but he's in virtually every single Joe Dante movie. So yeah, uh-huh. that, that, and I love that it has a Sam cook song cause I love Sam cook. Oh yeah. And you know what? You want to do that movie next? Because we haven't officially said what the next movie was. Because remember we said we were going to change the thing in the thing. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, we're not no, doing it. No. Just, just for those of you that actually checked the schedule, because I believe it or not, I actually posted it. Yeah, go me. <laughs> uh, I believe we were going to do Hand the Rocks Crater. And we may eventually, but we just got to talk about the fact that it's, we're trying to do things that are a little bit more, I don't know. Good. <sighs> hey, it's got Rebecca <laughs> D. Morning. I was trying to find an excuse to have her on a freaking movie. Well, we could do risky yeah, business. We could do risky. She's she's kind of hot, even evil. So oh, yeah, we yeah. we have got to do risky business at some point, dude. You know what I'm saying? Because Tangerine Dream did the score music, of course, not for any other reason. Ooh, ooh, that would be a good one. That would be good. And uh, and it starred Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, and that's like Tom guy and and Rebecca De Mornay. Wait, Booger is in it? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, he's like the one of the friends. He really uh, doesn't fit in with that crew. Interspace. Interspace. Excellent pick. Love that movie. I have not seen it in a long time, though. So, me too. I'm. I am. I. I, I there will be no C and D. That movie will hold up. I, I got, think it will. I got money on the table. That movie holds up really well. I. I I'm going to put money on that. It, it holds up as well. Okay. I think it is still going to be funny and still well put together enough. I mean, it's a Dante flick, so yeah. I mean, it's a safe bet. Like you know, the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. Safe bet. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> cast a Deadly Spell is Alex. my pick. Yes, Cast a Deadly Spell from 1991. I did something unusual. I chose a HBO original movie. Oh. Yes. It is from 1991. It starred Fred Ward. Okay. I actually remember this movie vaguely, but it's almost like I don't really remember the movie as much as I remember it being covered in Fangoria because it had quite a bit of creature effects work done. And it is tells the story of a sort of a 40s hard-boiled detective uh, shocker played by Fred Ward who goes by <laughs> who goes by the name of Harry Philip Lovecraft get it HP Lovecraft uh, uh, uh. I got it I and, got it and it's almost as if magic is really happening in the real world so it's a it's like a hybrid of an, an a noir 40s movie mixed with a Lovecraftian creature feature horror movie with some tongue-in-cheek elements thrown in and I remember really liking it. I, I think this was one of those that I dedicated a lone VHS tape. You know, normally you try to put two or three movies sometimes on, on one VHS. No, no. I think this one got its own VHS tape. So I remember liking it. It was actually, there was a sequel made that I may have made a pick of mine from maybe a year or so back called Witch Hunt that starred Dennis Hopper in the Fred Ward character. They're both written by the same guy. So presumably this, that was supposed okay. witch hunt was a sequel in 94 to cast a deadly spell, but I have not seen this movie probably since it came out. So it sounds, it sounds very much like the, the Dresden Files series that's out now. Uh, came out in the two thousands about kind of like a detective fighting the supernatural sort of thing. Yes. Although, uh, like a, although unlike that one, this one had Fred Ward, David Warner, Julianne Moore, Clancy, ah. yeah, Clancy Brown. Oh, he was the bad guy in Highlander. Yes, he's awesome. With, uh, he, he, he's a, he's another one that he's in like that league in my head of like the Tim Thomerson, Bruce Campbell, like yes. just like I want to pretty much see him in everything. Jeffrey Combs, those <laughs> yeah. guys, I just love those guys. Uh, yeah, Raymond O'Connor. Safe, safety pins around his neck in Highlander. That's my favorite part. Of this. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Martin Campbell directed this, and why does his name seem familiar to me? Oh, because he uh, actually directed uh, Casino Royale, which is a pretty darn good Bond film. Oh, the yeah. re- the the new the remake. I call it a re- I, the reboot of because Casino Royale. He also did your favorite Mask of Zorro. Oh, he did Green Lantern. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, e ouch. <laughs> okay, he did Casino Royale though. Right. <laughs> yeah, I really liked Casino Royale, so we'll go with that. I like David Warner. Oh, he, he did. A- he did No Escape. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, yes, Cast a Deadly Spell, 1991. That would actually be a fun one to do because it's got a lot of like 80s practical creature effects. It's truly forgotten. I mean, I'm pretty confident to say most people other than Peter will not have a clue. (laughs) Maybe maybe Uh, Kevin Batchelder. I could see him maybe knowing about it. But when did it come out? 91. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's in our it's on our wheelhouse. Yep. yep. So, yes, sir. All right, cool. So that is my pick and I'm sticking to it. So before we uh, throw the information, everybody, I do not want to forget. Thank you, as always, to JV, even though I've added your spoiler alert in post-production. And thank you, as always, to Kevin Spencer, because even though I uh, somewhat amend his lovely artwork, the banner is still there and he has contributed a lot. And, of course, speaking of him, didn't his actual print book come out by this point? Uh, Yes. So, yes. The Darkest Corner. Uh, uh, written by Justin Hamlin and illustrated by Kevin, our boy. Um, my autographed edition, I purchased, it's already in the mail. 
Uh, it's available also on Kindle. So check it out. You can go to Amazon, The Darkest Corner, Justin Hamlin and Kevin Spencer. You can also find, if he still has some, uh, the artwork from the book on Kevin's website, inkspatters.com. Um, and uh, uh, he's on Facebook as well. So you can find the art of Kevin Spencer on there. You're getting yours in the mail. That's weird because he says something about he wanted to sign mine in person, bring a freshly sharpened fountain pen and a scarf-free neck. <laughs> oh, I don't, whatever. Empty inkwell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that. But anyway, so yes, check that out for shizzle. So yes, my friend, would you like to hit them with some information-y kind of knowledge? Yes, absolutely. First and foremost, you can find us at Forgotten Flicks. That's flicks with an X dot com. Uh, we've got all kinds of great reviews, uh, movies, articles, and our podcast is there. You can find us on iTunes. We haven't had a review in a while, so if you get a chance. By a while, have, he means over a year, damn it. Uh, it's been a year. And the last one came from our friend. <laughs> <laughs> And listen, our wives have already written reviews. No, actually, my, <laughs> really, yours has mine. Mine doesn't really. Actually, you know, she's like, stuff. she's yeah, she's like, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, <laughs> well, she doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to the show. Oh, okay. She's yeah. all about Why being honest or something, well. whatever. Uh, so, uh, but check us out on iTunes, nonetheless. As uh, most of you, that's where you find us to download. We're also on sl on uh, Slacker, so you can find us there. Um, <laughs> we are on. <laughs> Not for nothing. Um, and then uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, we have the official podcast page. You can find us there. We post the episodes as well. Or you can join the group, and we talk about a lot of other fun stuff uh, about movies we're going to be covering. We ask questions about what, what you think we should cover, hit. We may, in fact, we're, we're thinking about, based on the group's discussion, actually this is brought up by some fans, we may be doing another tweet-along movie. Thank you, Jesse. Uh, Yes, thank you very much, Jesse. The last one we did, uh, we did Flash Gordon and actually had... Uh, Brian... Brian Blessed. There it is. Brian Blessed. Thank you. Uh, so he played Hawkman and he, he even tweeted along with us uh, a few bits. So we're going to do another tweet along. So that's a good place if you want to influence what we're going to cover or suggestions or things like that. Uh, check us out on yes, Facebook. Well, you called it a group and it is. It's like therapy with a French tickler. It's a, it sort of is, or a razor blade leather glove. So either way, six of one. <laughs> Whatever, <we prefer. laughs> Whatever works. So yes, and uh, I, I normally wouldn't do this, but because it was on a podcast of a friend of ours, I'm going to mention it. We mentioned yours. By this point, my episode with Mr. Hammond, J. Hammond C. To those oh, who know, yes. is out. I believe it's episode ten. Please download it just so I can beat playlist. just so I can beat this schmuck who apparently was his uh I guess top downloaded episode or something yeah it's well i'm coming son playlist. i'm coming son i don't even know why i'm doing that honestly that's just pathetic it's called beyond the playlist yeah, it's called beyond the playlist yes thanks for that uh with jay hammacy and so yeah you're coming out episode 10 right yes one zero and this is episode 110 hey hammond got some catching up to do pal <laughs> whereas if we take another hiatus you'll probably do that so we won't we won't take another one it's all. Uh, I've been meaning to talk to you. About Whoa, that. what? What? Okay. <laughs> any, uh, I guess that, that was it. So, any final words? Um, I just wanted to say I don't need a fingerboard to make my fingers weapons, my friend.